1: Say this is ToFOP in three, two, one, and then I'll I'll start. This is ToFOP. Hello, everybody. No, no. (laughs) this is this is ToFOP in three, two, one, and then I'll intro. Okay, so you're counting me down. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Go. This is no. This uh, is ToFOP. I'll give you the signal. This is ToFOP in three, two,
0: one. This is ToFOP in three, two, one.
1: Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson, and this is the last Tofop of 2021. Finally. Finally, it's come to an end. Now, we've saved the best for last. Uh, It's not very often that we've we've had this man on the show many times in our live performances, but this is the first time he's actually sat in on a podcast. Do you know what a podcast is, Mr. John Deeks?
0: Well, it's kind of like an interview, but it goes... And and you can sort of hear it everywhere, and uh, and people who who are out of work uh, put it together, who think they they can't make it on radio. <laughs> Um, they actually record something that very and so there's like a million podcasts and about three of them are actually listened to, including TofoP.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, you summed it up perfectly. It is. Pretend- it's actually
0: a, a, it's a marketing technique from Road to a sell a lot of shit, which they have <laughs> so much done. So every Road podcaster in the world uh, has been sold, and it's it's all wonderful. I'd like and to, a good
1: Australian company. I'd like to thank Road for the Roadcaster that we are currently recording TofoP on, and thank you for support over the last couple of years.
0: And I tell you now, um, every voiceover I've done in the last five, six, seven years has been on a road podcaster, including all my Channel Seven stuff, all my JB Hi-Fi stuff, uh, the crap I do with you guys, and everything <laughs> else has done, been done on a road podcaster. Each and every one of them has been bought by me, and supporting a great Australian company. And people say, Dixie, tell us about your audio, you know, gear. Like, because they go to uh, you know, Rolling Stones or they go to some great guitarist, and they say, let's break down your gear. What have you got, Deeksy? I say, I've got a $200 Rode podcaster connected via USB into my laptop. <laughs> that's it?
1: Uh, yep, that's it. Far out, really? Their, yeah. their marketing strategy was pretty brilliant because I just remember a friend of mine, a podcaster, saying, hey, you know, if you get in touch with uh, Rode, they'll set you up at the deck. You just need to sort of thank them on the show. And I thought, that can't be right. Sounds too good to be true. But sure enough, got in contact. They sent me the roadcaster. Wait caster. a minute.
0: you mean you don't? You oh, are darn, oh, darn it. What? <laughs> Can I say, Charlie, that um, I haven't seen you in person for some time. Mm. And you are looking very handsome with some
1: uh, facial uh, fluff yeah, there. Fella. Yeah, I and normally have some you, Is it looking fluff? a bit white there as well? Yes. I've entered the badger period of middle age <laughs> where – I am a man with dark hair, which means that greys show up uh, more easily. And in my beard, for some reason, it's decided to gather the grey, not all across my chin, but on the left and right side of my chin. So I have a little black pretend flavor saver, little Satan beard. And, and what does the, the bubby think of your beard? Uh, she likes it. It's funny, Dixie. I've had a beard or facial hair for most of my adult life. It's only recently I was shooting a couple of things up in Queensland where they wanted me to shave. And I haven't seen myself without a beard in a long time. I don't yeah. like it. I saw it and I was like, it's, it looks – it's kind of like when you have a piece of furniture that sits in one part of your house and it sits, it's sat there forever. And then yeah. when you move the furniture, even though nothing around it has changed, the fact that it's gone, suddenly it just looks weird, that space in the room. That's what my face looks like without a beard. And and you you're gonna grow
0: into it too, because guys can do that. Uh, I, I used to way back in the day, I had an afro and I actually had <laughs> I had an afro comb. <laughs> Did you really? And we I would tease my hair out. And uh, so I'd have this uh, this this black afro, um, and it was uh, it was very very cool back in the day. But
1: also I wore cravats. So, <laughs> so if you, if someone was to describe you to their friends in the day, they'd be like, "Oh, look out for mate Deeksy. He's the guy with the cravat and the afro." <laughs> you got it hundred <laughs> percent. So does that, oh, I'm Jesus. keen about. So with the afro, so was that something that came like you got you had naturally curly hair? Did you have to like? Yeah. Because I've always wondered, did you hold it together with spray or something? Oh yeah, right.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, a lot of a lot of gossamer, a lot of gossamer five or whatever it was, Vo five. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in fact, um, I'd like to now get some acknowledgement for stuffing up the ozone layer. Okay, <laughs> Dixie. That was Dixie's uh, afro.
1: So yeah, it was my afro. <laughs> so we're talking late seventies, early eighties kind of period. Oh, so-
0: funny! I'm talking
1: about about four weeks. No, um, no, you're right. It was. Uh, no, yeah, it was so the, yeah. Were, were you more so? I, I think of the 70s afro, and, it, and I see two kind of genres or two subcultures. One is the disco afro. Were you like an open shirt, white suited yeah, disco yeah. afro, or were you more the yes. wolf mother, Led Zeppelin kind of big, shaggy, oh, oh, no. no, afro? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I was definitely the oh, red, yeah,
0: right. <laughs> I was disco, disco stew afro, really. Uh, <laughs> That's, Definitely. A, that's
1: amazing. It was, and, you, I mean, so you look, this is what I'm noticing about getting turning into an old man is that I'm noticing now that trends that I grew up with, like when I was a teenager, like fashion trends and musical trends and stuff, they're all repeating. And I remember I used to hear that from like my parents or my older siblings. In the 90s, when I was a teenager, it was like, oh, that band just sounds like, you know, they're just doing Led Zeppelin or that band's just doing the Beatles or or whatever it is. And they're like, shut up, you know, old man, you don't know what you're talking about. But then here I am now, 30 years later, and I'm seeing like, you know, kids, teenagers walking around in the same clothes that we used to wear. And it's like, oh, it is all cyclical. Each generation wants to think they created it, but no, we're just repeating what went before.
0: What I like is the fact that. Now in, in 2021 22, we are the kids are loving music if they like it, they like it. I don't give a shit if it's ABBA, they don't care if it's ACDC, they don't care what it is. If they hear it and they like it, Bucks fizz notwithstanding, uh, <laughs> then they will absolutely uh, embrace it. Whereas back in the day, it was yeah. like you know, you, you're a Sharpie or you're a mod, right. you didn't like ABBA or you liked ACDC, but now. It, Like, Because when I used to drive my kids to school, I'd put on an album every week and uh, we'd play it in the car, whether it be um, ACDC, whether it be Steely Dan. So it was a lot of genres of music, which uh, they really now love. But the kids today, they're much more open to to hearing it. And I think maybe it's the sampling has helped as well because there's a lot of that.
1: Yeah, I grew up with older siblings. So uh, I was brought up in a lot of... Bands from like eras before me. I was actually, I did a whole uh, episode of Faux Faux with Stephen Gates that people can, uh, would have heard by now about Get Back, the new Beatles documentary. Yep. And yep. I was yep. saying how uh, it has totally, like I was with the Beatles, I'd sort of come in and out of like being a fan and not, you know, they're so, they're so kind of commonplace. It's sort of like you feel like maybe a bit overexposed or you know everything there is to know about the Beatles, whatever it is. So you lose interest. But that documentary has sent me back down a rabbit hole. And it reminds me of when I was a kid sitting on the floor in my living room with all the vinyl of like, you know, my parents' vinyl Mm. and my older siblings' vinyl Mm. and having that experience of like looking at the album cover and then putting something on. And this looks a bit like, oh, this looks a bit scary for me, but, you know, then that's Iron Maiden or whatever it is. And I wonder if like kids – like. I, that experience must be different now because it, you know, maybe they're finding a band online on social media or something, but it was I don't know the, to me, the sort of tangibility of being in the car with your dad and he puts on Steely Dan or whatever it is. I, I don't know that that culture exists anymore.
0: No, especially with Spotify and, and those platforms now. And uh, just recently my daughter put me onto Spotify, believe it or not. And I am absolutely loving it and intrigued because I can just call up any album I want and bang, there it is. It's just, it's frightening. What happened to all my old CDs? I was thinking about you this morning. Yes. Because I was driving around Sandringham. Oh, yeah. And there, by golly gee, was the old. Uh, shop that you used store, to work yeah. in the video easy no, movie, uh, no I, I think opposite it was at the railway station easy,
1: it was a movie land when i was there it was a oh, movie land an okay independent franchise i think it did become a video easy after i left though. and
0: it uh, and it wasn't that long ago that actually did uh did finally say okay that's it we're they, out of yeah, here they
1: they were <laughs> dug in like by their fingernails that business was like a miracle that it survived the last 10 years it did yeah so it's uh interesting that uh you, because w- was that one of your first jobs yeah, 100%. I think like uh, first or second job out of high school, I worked at that video store. Yeah, I pretty much worked there in, until I got my first acting job. So about four years. Um, yeah. But I'm surprised that I had never run into you in that time because I knew a lot of the kind of Sandringham royalty like, you know, Tim Watson used to come in. Uh, every yeah, now and sure, then. sure, Just sure. A couple sure. of politicians sure. who, used to, who used to visit yeah. theirs. But what, were, you, were you shopping somewhere else?
0: I was probably—I uh, was saying—I was living up in Brighton at the time, and oh, laddie, yeah. When I, came, when I came down to Sandy, um, yeah, but uh, it was interesting. I didn't know, there you were—you were in my thoughts uh, this well, you know, morning. You know, That's what's
1: great. even crazier is I grew up in Brighton, so uh, well, there you go. <laughs> I should have seen there you somewhere. You, well, you were yeah, a, well. This- you didn't go to St James' uh, Church on a Sunday, so clearly. You're out partying. You're you your afro and your white suit, and you're out partying all night while The good <laughs> well, captain. In my early days. Uh, I
0: grew up in East St Kilda. It's uh, it was actually uh, interesting growing up. in the when I was born in '51, mm. um, so I'm in my 70th year now. But it was fantastic because uh, all my all my mates were all Jewish, and uh, we'd hang out and all the
1: rest of it. But uh, it was it was it was fun. It was good good times. What was St Kilda? I'm fascinated by St Kilda, because I grew up, you know, not far, you know, Bayside, and then obviously I go for the Saints. And I I was a teenager in the mid-90s, and it felt like it was when St Kilda was sort of in that transition, like it was coming out of the red light sure. district. It wasn't fully yeah. gentrified yet, but, you know, property prices are starting to get more expensive. But I, I've told this story before about going out when I was 15. I was washing dishes at a, a pancake restaurant, and all the older staff took me out for New Year's <laughs> Eve, and we went down Fitzroy Street. And I saw a guy get the absolute shit kicked out of him outside Joey's nightclub. And I remember mm. suddenly feeling very like vulnerable and alone and needing to get home. And it was like, yeah. do you remember that St. Kilda?
0: Certainly, because uh, in the, there was a place called the Sound Lounge in the lower Esplanade, which is now p- uh, part of the uh, St. Kilda Bars. So if you walked out of the ESPY and just sort of jumped over the top and went down, that's where this was and i was 14 years of age sneaking out of home mm. and getting down to the sound lounge and uh, hearing the music and uh, coming home uh and it was a very interesting time um did you St. see Kilder's... anyone
1: anyone anyone big at the sound lounge were there any sort of um, bands
0: well that... there was, no, it was mainly it was a disco they they played music uh <laughs> and there was a song called sunny by bobby hep which i remember very clearly and uh, a lot of a lot of very groovy man very groovy and and uh, you know, I get down there with my cravat and my afro. <laughs> it was it was going off, man. Um, but uh, so it was it was fun. But still, let me make no mistake about this. Uh, St Kilda still is quite an interesting area. I, mm. I went down there to uh, have a cup of coffee with a mate of mine just next to the uh, uh, the near the botanical gardens there, and there was a a, a red bra on a on a palm tree just mm. the red brow was there i actually put it up on my facebook and i thought well you know st kilda's opening up again <laughs> <laughs> um, so it can still be pretty tough but we were in a more gentrified getting yeah. towards the ghetto I'll area the side of the up glenn huntley
1: road and yeah like uh, the side of, the of st kilda road i suppose yeah, a bit more but you know
0: how the hell i survived and didn't get beaten up or killed or i don't know maybe i was a good runner
1: <laughs> it was uh, it, it was great uh, growing up around that area that's for sure um I never have asked you this, but how did you get into voiceovers? Was it a radio transition or the other way around? You were doing voiceovers and then got into radio?
0: Well, I started in, I did a radio school. Mum, I always loved radio and I always, you know, used to love going down to. Uh, see the uh, the caravan at the at the royal show or mm. the ecker or wherever it happened to be and watch the abc caravan where they were broadcasting from and I was about uh, ten at the time, and I saw them. They had a uh, this table with a hole, and the microphone stick came up, and there were microphones hanging off it. And I thought, "That there's a good idea." So I went back home, and um, I bought a hole through Mum's kitchen table. Is this true? And put a is this true? <laughs> I put a broomstick up through, and got uh, other bits of wood and toilet roll holders, and put it on the edge. And I thought I had a little studio. And Mum's come in, and I mean, I've sort of hacked out this hole, right? Yeah. And uh, Mum's come in and gone, I said, she said, what have you done? I said, I've got a radio studio. Now, bless her heart, to her credit, she said, well, dear, I think that shows a lot of initiative. I'm just going to get a doily and put it over that hole and we'll put a nice pop plant on top of that. Didn't go mad, didn't go
1: crazy. She just mom. went with it. Isn't that fantastic? That's great, and that, fantastic? and that studio still sounds more high tech than the one we record. <laughs> in, so. so, I
0: mean, long story short, she got me into a radio school. I've three uh, AW. I failed that radio school because I couldn't read. I'm dyslexic, right. and uh, that was a problem. Right. Um,
1: so, I didn't 1950s.
0: Know that. In the 50s, dy- dyslexia wasn't say uh, no, dyslexia. <laughs> wasn't recognized wasn't as understood as it is of course today so uh i went to another radio school Dizzy. got a gig the dyslexia wasn't hardcore it was it was there no, but I it didn't, was enough
1: but, but i just need to pause for a second jem is dyslexic i can't say it either uh and so um i'm very familiar with you know the process and and how she has to prepare before she reads or anything yes all the times I have live on stage or at short notice sent you a script to read. I had no idea that that was what I was asking. If I had known that, you know, oh, you need maybe some more time to prepare because I've slapped stuff into your hand like 15 <laughs> seconds before we've walked on stage. I'm so sorry. Like if I had known, I would definitely have approached it with far more preparation and understanding around it, it might take you more time to kind of get the words in.
0: That, that's not a problem. It's the numbers that are a problem.
1: Oh, Yeah, but what about when we did our maths theme live show where I asked you to-
0: I don't know. Anyway, look, long story short again, uh, when I finally got a gig in radio, back in the day, I think like 69 or something, you would be given a wad of copy. I'm showing up about uh, two inches in front of me. uh, And that would be the amount of copy you have to read every shift live. Wow so i was i was forced into reading because i never read at school because i couldn't read i was sent to special schools i was sent to here and there and they just said oh little johnny's just slow right and it wasn't that at all it was because of this dyslexia issue uh so consequently as i moved on and doing hardcore game shows like the price is yeah. right wheel of fortune and all those other shows for 34 years having to you know get a piece of copy and read 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 i sort of It worked out of me, but still if I'm tired, Mm. and I don't know if your good lady wife is the same, but when you're a bit tired, that's when the brain can't process it quick enough for the mouth. The eyes and the brain and the mouth don't quite work in tandem. But look, I've been very lucky that (laughs) my whole career has been, how ironic, reading yet i still suffer from dyslexia and in fact i did a commercial yesterday i can't remember and i said and it's uh only 49 I said, and i said it's only 59 you know oh <laughs> hang on no uh, 40 you know i thought wow it's yeah. still there man
1: wouldn't that be amazing that jb haven't actually had a sale in 20 years you just keep misreading the prices <laughs> yeah. like, oh, well he's already said it <laughs> well there you so are i, guess it's I mean off. 50
0: <laughs> up to 52 words in 14 seconds i'm expected to read on the jb hi-fi ads yeah. and but that again you know. No, there you are. But it's amazing what you can do. And it's like, I guess, somebody who has maybe a disability, if you will, mm. and you work on it and work on it and work on it, and there you are. I'm basically the Dylan Alcott of uh, voiceovers.
1: Well, it's funny. The, uh, the I thought that was quite funny, but anyway. <laughs> you can't prompt me for a laugh. You've got to leave room for the audience to laugh.
0: Do you know, I remember once, um, that's very funny, because Richard Stubbs was hosting Tonight Live, and... I remember this well. I was doing the uh, the warm up on Tonight Live, and when Stubbsy did it, it was like everyone just sat back, rolled their arms, and Junior knew this was going to be sensational. Mm. Whereas with Steve or whatever else, I kind of had to work the crowd. Right. But with <laughs> when Stubbsy came out, it was great. The only problem was when when Richard would do Friday nights, the crowd that would come in were all drunk. Right. And so. You know, as a comedian, you'll, you'll know this, but... Uh, I'm not, but thank he you. Would,
1: well, he <laughs> I'm would a come, joke, but I'm not a comedian. And he would
0: do... now. he would do his shtick right in front of the audience. Like, yeah. instead of sort of getting over there near the band, he would come right in front of the audience as he's his want, and he would do it right there. So, um, and Jack Deaconcap and all these old cameramen would just lock off the cameras and just go, oh, this is going to be fantastic. There he is, he's doing his stuff, and he would tell a joke, and then the audience would laugh, and then just on the downward spiral of the, of the laughter... He would come in with another gag, right? So that's how it would work until one day <laughs> um, he's telling this gag, and this this joke may not be funny at all to anybody else, but he was telling his gag, and just as he's on the downward spiral, there's just a fraction of a silence, and this guy in the third row has thrown up in front of everybody in front of him, <laughs> and everyone's going, ah! Ah! and they're all jumping around, and, of course, the camera can't turn around and go, oh, look what's happened over here, and... <laughs> Ah, good times. You're
1: not going to believe this, Deeksy, but I also have a story about someone throwing up during a live television (laughs) recording. I I went to see Hey Hey at Saturday when I was in high school as part of my media class. And this was an actual, uh, one of the rare instances they recorded on a Saturday night. And there was a kid in my class, Ollie, and he was looking a bit green. And I was sitting next to him and I could just sort of see him just sort of like folding his arms and keeling over more and more as the taping was going on. And right when Daryl is like throwing to someone, Ollie just leans forward and baffs over everyone in the row in front. And it's a similar thing where everyone's screaming, but they're still rolling. And you can sort of see Daryl like glancing over to see what's going on. But because it was live, they just kept going. And then in the ad breaks – like a security guy or someone was rushing out with like towels and stuff, trying to clean up the vomit, but he'd only have, you know, what the 60 seconds or whatever it was oh before he had to get God. out. So like three intervals of this foul stench sitting in this audience where we weren't allowed to leave. It was crazy.
0: What not that interesting that the the, the circle has come around and and I met Ollie at uh, Tonight Live. It's
1: fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so you worked, you've worked on a bunch of different like, uh, you know, Man O' Man and the game shows and stuff like that. Is your role, like, are you just given a script to do or are you creatively involved in what you're going to say when you're talking about certain things? Obviously, not rules and sponsors, but I'm talking about when you're doing the intros or introducing contestants and things like that.
0: Well, it's a a pretty strict format if it's a game show uh it's you know come on down charlie clausen you're the next contestant on the price is right you know that kind of shtick um and so that that's pretty thematic and i i love that i mean that's a joy for me to do the thematics getting it right every time and are you, and are you and,
1: with something like you know come on down because it's sort of like a famous uh, catchphrase from you know american shows and stuff it's a franchise are you trying to put your own Stamp on it, or are you trying to sound like someone else? Like, did you listen oh, to no, someone I else just, do
0: it? I am what I am. I mean, I didn't know when when I did The Price Is Right, which was my first show. Mm. Uh, I hadn't seen the American show or anything like that. Yeah. I just didn't know. I was the first person to actually do warm up and do the voiceovers, right? Because yeah. I, I just couldn't, and that's why when so I, I had, hosted Family Feud, I
1: hated it because. So I when you did warm up, is that did you have a background in comedy? Like have nah, you done stand up? No, no, just, just just you riffing.
0: know, love. You've you got to love being with people mm. and and taking them on the journey. Don't be funny because if you're funny, then you then you've got to tell somebody to be quiet. They go, oh, hang on, but he's funny. No, well, so I was. I never tried to be funny. Right. Um. I would just play with the audience and have fun with them, but know that they were an integral part of the production process and that my job was to to lead them through. The person in front of the camera, their job was to do their shtick in front of the camera. Mine was to to take the people and get them over the top of the camera and enjoy what was going on there, but never be the star. And that's, that's crucial.
1: It's a really I've never actually thought about it like that before, but you're 100% right. Like it is a crucial role because I'm hearing you talk about this and imagining... Could I do that? And I feel like I've just got so many insecurities. I mean, I I I tried stand up like two or three times when I was in my twenties, and was like, this is way too scary for me. So the thought of going out to an audience, especially if it's something where people are eating and they're not really paying attention, like an awards ceremony or something, and getting their attention and trying to like get them on that journey, like it requires real charm and skill and charisma. Like you know, for you to be able to do that. I just think that I would be I'd be so nervous and I would be so unsure of myself that people would be, I'd be agitating them more than kind of warming them up.
0: Yeah, well look, I'm very very lucky Charlie that I've never really felt nervous in front of a crowd, whether it be 100,000 or whether it be wow. 10. It's just I've been, I enjoy people and Working with people who uh, were working in front of camera, who were frightened of the audience, mm. who would, would just basically run away, mm. uh, was very interesting to me. Because, yeah. but, but my job was always to support them. And I had such a great time working with such wonderful people who were so generous, starting with Terps, Ian Terpy, back in the day, mm. where uh, you just love the guy and you want him to succeed. So everybody I've ever worked with, I've wanted them to succeed and yeah. them to be the star because I just love to be on the journey with them. And 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 so you you can't think, how come I haven't got his bloody job? You know why yeah. haven't I have no got? If you do that, mate, you're doing the wrong thing, well, and you're doing the wrong thing by them. You're doing the wrong thing by the audience. If you because it's very very wrong and it's cruel and it's 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 a sin to because you've got such a power in front of the audience where you mm-hmm. could say, hey, aren't I great, aren't I funny? It's great. Oh, okay, now it's on with the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they go, and because oh. under the bus. And, it, cause, and it, that is so wrong. But it's just fun, and and that's why I've loved it.
1: Um, do you think in the TV Hall of Fame, where does Ian moustache rank? Like, is it up there with, <laughs> it's up there with, like, you know, Magnum P.I.? Oh,
0: it's a,
1: it, it was a great moustache, wasn't it? Uh, a real bristle. It was a great moustache. And, you know, <laughs>
0: the other thing about working at within the seven network was that it was so egalitarian that like the crew loved Terps. Yeah. The crew loved all the people I've worked with um, Andrew O'Keefe. I mean, the crew loved him. I and mean, we started doing deal or no deal it was supposed to be for 13 weeks, you know, how it runs mm. and it was 11 years, 11 years. And um, just so every, and and the crew loved him. The crew loved Terps. It was just so many people that I've worked with. Have just understood that that there was just one role within the whole thing, and it was only when if people start and and I never worked with any prima donnas mm. except for one. Who name them? Ah, uh, no. Okay. No, because no. Um, but it, and oh. it was a very very bad eight months of my life. But I uh, he's he's gone now, and I don't want to speak
1: badly. Um, I had no idea that Ian Turpy – because I grew up in. You know, I was a kid in the 80s, and so I always saw him hosting the game shows. But then when yep. he sort of moved away from that and he went back to being like the song and dance man, and I saw sure. like all well, those clips of him, he's, it's like, look, oh, my God, I had no idea. Yeah, that's exactly right. And he's an, he's an entertainer. And he,
0: like me, you know, could just uh, – well, except I can't sing or do what he does. But, I mean, he, he just loved people, loved entertaining. And just loved being uh, uh, out there with this guitar and doing whatever.
1: It was so great when Roy and HG sort of just gave oh, him that. Oh, wasn't
0: it? Life. Yes. Like, you, you know, know, that is, uh, and so many people's careers have been rejuvenated over the years. And 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 that was just wonderful. It was very, very sad when, uh, when Terps passed away. Well, he's godfather to my oldest, actually. And,
1: uh, uh, you know, we were very, very close. So,
0: yeah. Anyway.
1: Uh- so can I ask you as well? Anything. With Man O' Man, yes. because I actually worked in that studio. I think Blue Heelers, we shot across from where that where, where the pool pit was. Um, with those guys, yep. were they drunk or was it just the women who were drunk? Oh, the women were drunk. I mean, Yeah, but it the was, guys a, as well, the contestants, did they have – was it, was it a, just no, like a party? No, or it no, was no like no. This so is a TV it show. Was, that's it, was the was a <laughs> it was
0: a strip night. It was a night where – uh, the girls would be bussed in, they'd have cheap champagne on the way in, they would come into the studio, we would continue to ply them with um uh terrible cheap champagne and they would be off their face and then the blokes would do what they did and and the poor host oh god I'm not Rob, forgotten his name Rob, Rob guest, guest. A wonderful guy who who had such a wonderful career on stage,
1: yeah, you know, Les Miz and all the rest yeah. of it.
0: And I'm thinking, this poor bugger. His manager has obviously said, "Mate, you've got this game show, Channel Seven. Do you want to do it? I think it'd be good for you." And I'm thinking, and and Rob would like he'd share his dressing room with me. I mean, you know, what am I? Nothing. And and so he was just such a beautiful soul. And I thought, you poor bastard. You know, like you're doing this. <laughs> Show which was just out of control to the point where I mean, the women I was stopped playing hard music. I got a directive from the general manager of Channel 7 to stop playing because I'd played the music on the floor, right? uh, So you're DJing,
1: yeah, and and, uh, because I was
0: inflaming the women.
1: What 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 songs of the devil were you putting on to lead these women songs astray?
0: A devil. Uh, oh, a bit of ACDC, All a right. bit of whatever, whatever. And it was because it was I, I was trying to get them to the next level. Yeah, but yeah. they were unfortunately going to the next level because I can sort of pump up an audience, but when you got these drunk chicks out with them with no one else, yeah. and to the point where on two occasions. The next morning after we shot in the bushes next to the car park, there were women lying down there drunk. Asleep Uh and asleep, wow. and the general manager would be driving in, and oh, there'd be women uh, asleep in the bushes. That's amazing uh, at Channel Seven.
1: Like, it's, uh, that, I mean, this <laughs> is not that long ago. Like, it's sort of crazy to think. Can you imagine if that was a TV show now? That, like, oh yeah, we're just going to ply people with alcohol, like irresponsible amounts of alcohol, and then
0: bring out guys uh, who can take their clothes off. Well, oh think... yeah, that, that's like, a, and oh my god, there was one terrible situation where we had uh, this lovely. Girl who was doing uh, staging, mm. and uh, she had a prosthetic leg, and um, she was walking past the pool, and one of these drunk women got up and pushed her into the pool. Oh no! And the poor girl went went to the ground, went went under, and the, we had lifeguards there, and they dragged her out. And uh, she said, "I haven't been into a swimming pool since I was three years old." Oh my god, and, that's and horrible! And her, and her, oh, her leg was full of water, and it was oh my god. What it was happened terrible. with the girl? Did she get sued? Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> It was a different time. A different time, Charlie, different time, but Charlie… Sounds <laughs> like a much
1: worse time. Good times. <laughs> now, Dixie, I put the call out to the listeners uh, to oh, yeah. ask you uh, ask you questions. Um, so this is just a, a hodgepodge of, of sure. things. Make of it what you will. Don't have to answer yep. anything. Don't, it's not like a, it's, this I don't is not care. a hard-hitting interview. Oh, Mate, right at this okay. stage of my sure. career,
0: I just don't care. What have I got to lose, Hashtag cancel, Dixie. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so this first one is from at lachlan stubbos he says Who? at lachlan stubbos this is oh, their hi. twitter handle, so they oh hi him. lucky um does sir deeksy have any aspirations to MC the wrestling or to commentate
0: <sighs> oh my god done. i'm starting to get a chub um, oh my lord if i have if i have one ambition it's Are you ready to rumble? Yes, I do. Um, The guy who does it it for the UFC, he (laughs) has an absolute fortune. I would love to do it because it, it, it enables me to get out there, do a shtick, which I can do very easily, and then get the hell out. I don't
1: have to do anything
0: clever except be loud and be me. Yes. Are you
1: familiar? uh, So Dwayne, the rock Johnson, you're familiar with that is the rock. Yeah. Biggest movie star in the world started off as a professional wrestler. And his saying was, do you, uh, do you smell what the rock is cooking? So Lockie is asking, can you give us, do you smell what the Deeks is cooking? So do it in any way you'd like one, two, three. Do you smell what the Deeks? is kokan yep. <laughs> okay Thanks, you really are up for everything. And that's what I love about you. <laughs> I mean, no email goes unanswered. No request goes unfulfilled. It's just, I'm Old so school, happy to have dude. you. I'm Old so happy school. to have you as part of the fun. Fund. Like, I, I can't understand why sometimes. I don't. I understand what we get out of it, what the audience gets out of it. But what do you get out of it?
0: I get out of it, uh, the fun, like, you know, being on stage with you guys. <sighs> Probably one of the most joyful (laughs) moments I've had was being on stage at the Sydney Opera House (laughs) with you guys and being surrounded by people who are my gods. Because the whole thing is I'm a fan. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of Will. I have no mirror concept of myself but i i'm a fan so when i get on stage and i stand there and one clearly th- one thing i really remember so well was uh, my joy was to get you guys as drunk as possible of course. <laughs> but when you guys were so hammering- ca- oh my god
1: it's all making sense now from your man mandate. man day <laughs> you know, you just right, get you all of I'm a sudden out. we're
0: pushing people into pools <laughs> Oh, yeah, and I stay sober. Don't you worry about that. And to to be able to uh, see you guys getting stuck into this poor comedian – who's trying to tell a story, and everyone's jumping over him, and I just went along and unplugged. Everyone's mind <laughs> his. And the crowd go berserk, so it's oh, wonderful. So you. that's what I get out of it, the joy of working with you. Next question.
1: You're our, you're our secret weapon for a live show. In fact, I, just, I, build you, sho- I build shows around the idea that when we get to trouble, you'll do something like that and bail us out. It's like <laughs> a failsafe. Always. Uh, at Justin O. Earlwood says, Hey, Justin. What was your favourite Prices Right game? And why is it the yodeling? The, so the yodeling mountain climber.
0: Game. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, I probably was the yodeling actually because it was so stupid, and the and the the sound effect was so dumb.
1: Um, so hang on, just to uh, let's let's create a, 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 a visual image for people. So it's you 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 guess a number. So you you. You don't know what the it's, final uh, number is. And so you can you can guess a number and the yodeler will move up the thing based yeah, but on… But if you overguess, the yodeler will go fall off the, the end of You're the cliff and go yeah, down.
0: Although, right. you know, I just got to tell you a quick story. The, the funniest thing that happened on… Uh, many things happened on The Price is Right. Yeah. And we had this one lady who I called out and it was summer in Festival Hall. You know, it was really stinking mm. hot. And um, I've called out this name, Mary Vostavopoulos, come on down. And Mary's jumped up and Mary's wearing a boob tube made out of seersucker. And Mary had a bust of about 52. She looked like uh, Alexander the Great 48, who no one was going to remember that. But she had a massive bust. And she's jumped up and the seersucker's holding... Her in and going up and down, up and down. And she started running down the stairs, and the seersucker boob tubes going lower and oh lower no. and lower. And then eventually, she, she had nothing. She was around her ankles, and she's running towards Terps, and <laughs> Terps is like going no. And these two giant breasts were running towards him. Good old Mary Vostopopoulos. She had no idea. No, but we did marry in the end. Um, <laughs> no,
1: she,
0: no, she. Oh, yeah, she didn't care. She just
1: bent down. <laughs> Pull it up, and wow. off she went. <laughs> uh, why, the, Justin continues. Why is the crowd at the Australian Open tennis definitely the studio audience from Wheel of Fortune? <laughs> I'm sure I've heard them accidentally yell "top dollar" between points. Is that is that what's going on? Is is Channel Seven taking the sound from one show and and splicing it into another?
0: That's only because I'm doing the warm up at the Australian Open.
1: Oh right, You've, there you go. You get around Dixie, don't you? Mate, a gig's a gig. You know that. Yeah, but even more baffling while you do TOEFOP.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, no, you've got to be joking. That, that's a hobby. And do you know why? Do you know why I love it too? Why? And so why? much fun? Because you don't pay me.
1: <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> we try. You, you turn down you, payment.
0: No, 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 no. Because if you, if you paid me, then it becomes a job. All right. And you thinking to yourself, shit. You know, I've got to sort of justify the money, and this. Whereas I can come in and just have fun, okay. just have fun,
1: and let it roll. I tell you what. Well, the, those financials work for us. I can tell you that much. <laughs> it uh, ain't work for me, brother. At Adam Bailey, twenty seven, uh, hey, says, "I would ask Dixie what is the strangest voiceover request he's ever got.
0: Probably uh, the strangest would have been, and and the most embarrassing." Was at the end of Schindler's List. Mm. Now, Schindler's List, of course, a very, very sad and very moving story by Spielberg, as far as the Holocaust was concerned, and the the, the incredible injustices, uh, the injustices that were done in the uh, the camps, uh, Belson and Auschwitz, etc. And at the end of the movie, after you know two hours of terrible sadness and tragedy. At the end of Schindler's List, there's this incredibly somber music and my voiceover comes over. Don't forget, tomorrow it's Game oh. On with Game On. You know, and I do this, this, this hyper voiceover and all I can see is all these Jews and everyone else, out there watching going,
1: hey, what's this oh doing? Oh, my God.
0: I didn't. It's a pre-record, of course, and I didn't realise that that voiceover was going to go over the back of Schindler's List. And I'm doing a thing for It's The Price Is Right coming up tomorrow with the interview, and don't forget, it's your chance to win, win, win. So, and it's just incredibly sad.
1: So that would oh, I, be one of the. That, oh, that's <laughs> horrible. I guess that's one of the things too about being a voiceover artist is that. Because I've, you know, I, I've i done some voiceovers, Dixie. I so don't want to don't done my voice, but you sure, have. yeah, you know, I've done voices. Um, but you really just sort of go into a booth, spit out a bunch of lines, and, you know, very rarely, I hardly ever hear or see. People tell me that they've heard my stuff, but I don't, I'm not really sort of aware of it. Yeah, You I don't agree. really know where it's going. So you've just gone into a booth. You've probably recorded like, what? 20 scripts that day, just fired them yeah, all off. And you yeah, weren't expecting yeah, exactly. to <laughs> ruin no someone's thought, yeah, night at the movies. That's I mean, there should agreement. have
0: been nothing. should have been
1: nothing on the end of Schindler's List. So just let the music and credits roll, baby. I'm pretty sure I've seen that with Gallipoli as well. At the end of Gallipoli goes oh, to freeze yeah, frame, which okay. is such a haunting ending. And then it's <laughs> yeah. like Friday Don't night forget. football or something like that. Yeah. If you love football as we do, yeah. you'll be wanting to see the big game. Uh, at C Money O Wow W, <laughs> try and say that three times fast, uh, Dixie. Firstly, you bloody ripper. Second, oh, can you, you do a dramatic reading of Mister Tickle or any other chilling children's book? Love your work. Please do every live pod. You're the star of the show. I concur. C Money O Wow W. Aren't you lovely? Thank you so much indeed. That's great.
0: What do they want me to do? Uh,
1: okay. I've got Mr. a little film in. So I've been uh, reading Iona um, uh, Bedtime Stories, and I've just rediscovered the Mr. Men books, which I, I yeah, remember enjoying as a kid. But I read Mr. Tickle, and I don't know if you have read Mr. Tickle lately. I have. But the message is terrible for today. The idea that you should just go around, like, putting your hands on complete strangers. Uh, and so I- Wait a minute. You may, wait. That's not good. No, Deeksy, not anymore. It's not the 70s anymore. You don't have your afro and your white suit anymore. (laughs) Your cravat. Where's my cravat? (laughs) I, uh, and so I, you know, the next time we do toe pop, I'm going to wear a bloody cravat. (laughs) Oh my God. Next time we do a live show. Can, yeah, yes, fantastic. (laughs) And platform heels. Excellent. But I did a dramatic reading of Mr. Tickle because I said if you actually read the text in a Mr. Tickle book, but you do it in a slow, ominous voice with scary music, it sounds like a true crime podcast. So, We've already done that, and so I, 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 we won't retread new ground. But it did get me thinking about other children's books that I have you know, loved as a kid, but now as an adult, I'm like, well, I don't know about the message of this. So maybe that's something we can do with some bonus content is we get you to read a children's oh, story. Oh, I'd love to. In an ominous time with some haunting music. Maybe. Oh, that's fantastic, <laughs> Mr. Tickle. Uh, we've got Tickle. some more questions, Deeks. Are you okay to stick around a bit longer and Absolutely, answer Absolutely, bro. I don't even know why I said that it like it's fucking radio, like we have anywhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just trying to impress you. I know you're a real pro You've and all that of of stuff. plenty of tape left. Oh, this is a good question. This is from uh, It's Mr. Rhythm. Hello, Mr. Rhythm. Now, I believe he's a, he's a drummer and a drum teacher. Uh, that's what ah, Rhythm refers excellent. to. Excellent. Excellent. Um, not his conceptual cycle. Huh? The rhythm method. The
0: rhythm, is that rhythm. like a is that like a Malvern
1: star? No. Ooh. Conception, birth, child, conceiving, having babies. Oh, the rhythm okay, method. he's had a baby. No, and he's what? a drummer. Let's just start again. He's, he's a, drummer. a drummer. All right. He says at the live TOFOP at the Opera House, you borrowed oh. my wife's pen and you never gave it back. Do you still have it?
0: Bloody oath. And it's uh, it's almost run out. So come to the next one. <laughs> bring the missus and
1: tell her to bring more pens. <laughs> <laughs> uh this is a nice question and something that we uh, really should say uh merry christmas to all the tofop listeners out there thank you for another year of support uh we've enjoyed your company we hope you're sponsored our by content. the way um no oh no yeah maybe i can't remember i don't see what well, we yeah, do hang on is, you you own and run the thing if yeah, you, do yeah, you have yeah, a sponsor but we no but sam takes care of all the business stuff and so we periodically have sponsors. Who is Sam, and why is he getting percentage of this? Because he, like, makes sure we make money so we can we can continue well, to do uh, the show. Sam
0: hasn't called me to
1: ask if I can do any commercials for it. What do you mean? Commercials for TOEFL? Would you do commercials for TOEFL? Of course I would. But that means I have to write something. I'm very lazy, Dixie. Well, just give me bullet points, man. All right. Yeah, that's good. You know what? This is if this show is famous for one thing it's coming up with big ideas that we <laughs> being rehearsed that not we, that, <laughs> we, that, we, that we never follow up on and that is definitely something that we should do. We should definitely utilize your amazing voice to say I would love to uh, and and,
0: and let me tell you I will contribute my talent. There is no need to, you Just know. Just wondering I'll, how, I'll how to best
1: it. utilize it though because what I mean what is it what is it are we getting that JB Hi-Fi hyper excited 52 Oh no we words. can't do that
0: because JB won't let me do that. But um we can, you know, what Do you do mean anything? what
1: JB Hi-Fi have copyrighted your enthusiasm? Absolutely, yes. They have bought my
0: enthusiasm <laughs> for five years. But what does that and mean? let me tell you, right. that'll be when I'm seventy-three.
1: Uh, it'll be around. So you can't do a, a JB-style delivery on other on anyone else's. I mean, Well, look, the deal is I can't do,
0: obviously, apparently. if I do anything else, um, yeah, I can't sort of do uh, something that is, I couldn't do a Hardy Norman or one of those sort of things because it'd be, you know, it's obviously a conflict. No, no, but, but in
1: terms of like is, like the, the, the style of, like if we got you to do an ad for Tofop and it was like, you know, Tofop is smashing their prices, you know, and then we just run through blah, blah, blah. Could you do it in a JB Hi-Fi style or would you be like, yeah. I don't want to bite the hand that feeds, or they might have like some kind of copyright infringement on my enthusiasm. No, no, Charlie, tone. I'll just
0: say straight out no.
1: Yeah, <laughs> say no to that. Say no to the ad. Okay, All no, right. I, could, I, I couldn't,
0: I couldn't do that, but I could do but- uh, other things, and you know, Charlie. I'm not a one-trick ponyed man. I know. I, mean, I know.
1: Hey, look, I wasn't genuinely you know, asking if you do the other. Like don't that. just I tell was me just curious. One, yeah, man, if I mean, it's I like know. because you've got I such. I've got other dis- stuff I can
0: do, man. No,
1: I know that, but you've got such a distinct voice, and those ads are so familiar. I'm just interested to know. Oh yeah, so what are the? Because it's different when you're an actor. People see your face, so of course, if you're the face of Commonwealth Bank, you're not going to do Westpac. But voiceover artists can sort of like. Walk between the raindrops a little bit, maybe not direct competitors, but you know, in the sort of same field. And I'm just Charlie, wondering when
0: cravats come back, I'm doing the ads for you. <laughs> and don't think they won't, because everything else has come back, mate. what's wrong with cravats? Do you think we could get
1: sponsored by cravats? That would be that seems to be the perfect solution. If we get a cravat company that wants to sponsor us, hey, but I want a free cravat. Could... Yeah, cravat. of course. You'll get a free cravat, and we get some no, money for the show. And we get, podcast, and we get yeah, free absolutely. ads as well. I don't know. Yeah. It's a win-win. I All right. But no look, tell,
0: tell, tell whoever these overlords of yours are that, you know, get onto Deeksy.
1: Yeah, okay, sure. All right. <laughs> this guy's
0: getting 25% of the action. I don't know what's going on. Anyway.
1: 20%, but, you know. Anyway, uh, this question is, what does Deeksy want for Christmas? Heartwarming. Um, what do I want for Christmas? Well,
0: gee willikers. um. I, uh, Christ, when you're sort of 70 plus, you kind of. You look there, good nothing. for 70 plus, by the way. Oh, I, would you, put, I would
1: not put you over 65.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, but I, I, I'd really. Maybe 67. Uh, no, 65. What, what would I want? What would I want? Uh, I really want a Roger Federer hat. What's that? You know, the RF hat you get at uh, Unico. No. Um, you probably don't go shopping. Clearly you don't go shopping.
1: No, um, I went to Unico because... once. I got a, I got a t-shirt. Yeah, t shirt. Yeah, Unico's sensational. Um
0: but uh, there's a there's a Roger Federer this let me just ask, show my, me just ask you. show is not sponsored by Unico. No, that's my girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, what do I want for Christmas? I don't think you can you want... Yeah, go on. Is that right? Yeah, go on, it's all right. Toe fop. Yeah. <laughs> it's anything. What do I want? Um I don't know, Jenny. I don't know. All right.
1: Okay. Um, I'll
0: tell you
1: what. I'll show you. Uh, oh. Dacey's sister uh, left his booth. a lifetime supply of uh, heroin. What is that? Viagra. Vi- Viagra. All right. That'd be great. <laughs> okay. Well, if there's any, uh, thank you. And as you can
0: see, uh, the the bubble packs only got one left in it. So he had some more of Viagra. Well, would be great that
1: for New Year's Eve, or what's the deal? <laughs>
0: If the cravat doesn't work, the little <laughs> blue tablet's gonna ring it home, baby.
1: That's very romantic, Dixie. Uh, Thank this you. is from. What am I turning you on? Am I- <laughs> this is from Bill the Beer Guy. Hey, Bill, what is it that electronic retailer JB Hi-Fi is accused of doing repeatedly? Again. Yeah. What are they? What is it? What have they done again?
0: Again. They've done it again. The prices are so ridiculously low. The staff are so incredibly helpful. And the quality and the range of of gear that they have at JB Hi Fi cannot be surpassed anywhere. That's why,
1: JB, you've done it again. I think that's all Bill of Beer guy wanted, but thank you for thank you for indulging. <laughs> ching uh, this is yeah, we get we get slapped with a cease and desist by JB Hi Fi. You still have <laughs> voiceover guy. We said that's our enthusiasm. Uh, okay, this is from Eskimo Kiss 94. Ooh, sounds a bit okay. sexy. You maybe hang on to that blue pill. For R- rubbing a, blue ribbons for, for with uh, blue pills. For Eskimo <laughs> Kiss 94. Were you ever salty? Do you know what salty means? Huh? Salty means like pissed off, bitter, salty. You know, oh, salty. God, no. Yeah. Never, wait, no, never. Wait, wait, never, I haven't never, finished never. the question yet. Were you ever salty not to have been approached for, to do those copper art ads in the 80s and 90s?
0: Ah, yeah, I remember. Um, That was Pete Smith. Pete Smith Um, speaking. Yeah, my uh, my nemesis. Yeah, is he he, your nemesis? He, no, he's a lovely guy. Lovely, lovely guy. I mean, do you have this
1: <laughs> sort of like, you know, you're all, you've got, you've got like a big client on the line that's like, oh no, they went with something else. You're like, copper out. God damn it, Smith, not you again. Go oh, get you one of these days. <laughs> no, he he had his stuff,
0: and I had my stuff, and it was fine.
1: It's like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Like both <laughs> both are great. You can like you don't have to hate one because you like the other. They can exist in the same universe. Exactly. I mean have you and guys I, ever spoken on the same broadcast or same radio show? Have your two voices yeah, we've, come in? Yeah, we've done some <gasps> stuff together. Really?
0: Yeah, um and
1: uh, yeah, that's Oh uh, my that's god, right. that's an, that's huge. It's like the super group of voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know. Uh, well, he's a, he's, a, he's
0: a lovely lovely guy, but he had his See that that was the interesting part about it because like I had dueling baritones. Amazing. 45 years of me at Channel 7, and he, like, 55 years at uh, Channel 9. Yeah. And it was su- such a different sort of uh, universe, the two yes. universes.
1: It's amazing. But, uh, it really – I've never thought about it, but you're right. It's kind of like mirror images of each other. Like, he yeah. had sail of the century. and I had, you had come on down. Yeah. Like, we like,
0: were all – and so I'd say, hi, Pete. You go,
1: hi, Dixie. <laughs> that's amazing. You guys are like superheroes, man. That's, that's, that's so cool. Slogans really and cool. everything. Uh, this is Very from cool. Matty Littles. Hello, Matt. If one day Deeksy did all the drugs, would that be John Deeks Peaking? <laughs> That's great. That's
0: great. He's one of your writers, isn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah, no, we should get him on the show. Bloody hell, we need John writers. John Deeks Peaking. Eve, why do people have such weird, like, online handles? And I also need glasses. Um, Eve. Eve to slub. I don't know. I how think to you're on the prices right, honey. <laughs> is TOFOP the highlight or lowlight of your career?
0: Oh, it's definitely the highlight. Definitely. Look, as far as <clears throat> I was saying something, I was I was talking about this to someone the other day. It is so important to remain relevant and when Pete Smith was able to work with the boys on Triple M, doing um, Martin Malloy so and all that, it, it's it's a joy. And when you approached me with Will to work on this, it was a similar kind of thing where to to be able to be relaxed enough in one's own professional life to allow yourself to go on the journey with modern, new, wonderful, up-and-coming talent, certainly. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? At the yeah. time, when you were just starting off on toe fob, yeah, we were I wrong, mid- I thought it was Tofob. We were both and, in uh, our
1: mid-30s when we started
0: Yeah, I know. Off. But it, uh, it was just wonderful to <laughs> I love to it, sort though. of remain, you know, someone is, is interested and you still have got some sort of shtick to uh, to provide. So it's a joy and a privilege. That's what it is. Well, what we we're, we we're love having now.
1: you, Dixie. Don't worry Thank about you, that. Thank you, mate. Uh, This is from Sal and Kay. Just so keen to hear how he got into voiceovers and did he always have a distinctive voice? Well, answer that in any order you like, those two questions. Yeah.
0: Well, I, through radio, through television, and then, voiceover stuff would come along as it's,
1: it still does. God bless it
0: today. So how do I get into it through radio? And when people say to me, oh, how do you get into voiceovers? You go, well, this is what you do. You become an actor and you do a, a, a hospitality course at the same time. And um, so one can pay for the other or, you know, you're going to need to get some money in. And because um, m- most of the voiceover people like yourself are working actors. mm. And th- that's who they use. They don't want the John Deekses or the Pete Smiths anymore because those voices are very distinctive. They want actors. Yeah. And- well,
1: because Jem directs commercials, so, you know, she's, they're casting voice actors all the time. And yeah. the, the brief seems to be they don't want someone who sounds like someone else, if you know what I mean. It sounds kind of yes, crazy. I do. But it's like.
0: And that's uh, why I'm very lucky that I've got JB as a contract because that's the shtick. And yeah. I mean, I'm all, I've always been locked into hard retail. Mm. That's what I do. You know, go with it. It's like oh always, God. You know, it's want amazing. to become, singers and I, would, singers want to become
1: I, I dream of having just that little, uh, that little kind of income stream where it's like, oh yeah, they've just signed me up for five years. It's great. And you can do it from anywhere now. That's the amazing anywhere thing. Anywhere in the, the world. equipment is so good. It's like, I was doing one when I was, uh, we were stuck on over in, over the border in Queensland for about four months since so I was getting these voiceovers coming in, but I didn't have any of my normal equipment with me. But I just managed to get this little Bluetooth microphone and sit in the closet in this rental we had on the Gold exactly. Coast. Exactly. And it sounded exactly. great. Like I was really impressed. I was like, oh.
0: I've done voiceovers in the most ridiculous places under chair, under uh, you know tables and in the, uh, I'm Gold Coast Airport in the uh, the baby change area <laughs> where I could actually bring down the thing and put the and I had the computer there and I had the microphones so and funny. I had all the, the the wires and stuff and this cleaning lady's come in has gone what what are you doing you got the bomb and she's run off and got the security what? guys who come in because she thought I was had my microphone oh, and I had yeah. wires she's gone oh my god this guy's uh, got yeah. his yeah anyway but it is great it's uh, easy to do it from anywhere but uh, via. My through osmosis really uh, is how I've been able to do it um, because of my other work.
1: Yeah, and uh, have you always had a distinctive voice? Like, yeah, look, I guess I have, like and this? it's. You've always sounded like this. It, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's over the years. It's like when you see ballet dancers when they're in their sixties or whatever, they still walk. <laughs> you know, like they've got that sort of mm. walk about them, and um, I guess you know, voiceover guys and girls um, have the same kind. Of, it's very useful in restaurants charlie and in other places where you can go excuse me i'd yeah. like some service here yeah you know and they go whoa that's a loud voice yeah but i do kind of pull it back
1: yeah, it's I- funny it's interesting i'm just thinking about your voice and like if i had to describe like the qualities of it and the, i think that it's because it's so full but you convey enthusiasm but controlled enthusiasm if you know that know what i mean like It doesn't sound rushed or garbled or sometimes when people are excited, their voice tightens up. Like it's this very warm, you know, full voice, but there's all this enthusiasm behind it. Like you've got this very effortless way of kind of like creating excitement just by talking. It's amazing. Well, thank you. Nothing to add. All right. I'm going to give you a compliment. Say something nice about me for once.
0: It's it's (laughs) got to come from inside. You know, you've got to, it's the same as working with a crowd. Yeah. You've got to want to do it. You, You can't you know bullshit the audience mm. you cannot do it because it's it's the same as like doing the warm up they can tell if you're thinking how come i haven't got that job or yeah i don't really want to be here yeah when you're working yeah. that close to the punters you know yes, what it's that's like
1: Right? that's exactly right and so did that you said you've never had a problem talking in front of people or a group of people where does that confidence come from do you think
0: when I was twelve, I was—I've got three older sisters and mum. Dad was, you know, in Lorrundle and a few other places when I was a kid, so he wasn't around. But uh, when I was very young, I went up on stage. I think I was about nine, and sang "There's a Hole in the Bucket, Dear Henry, Dear Henry," uh, which is an old song in front of the the crowd, and I stood up on the the church, uh, you know, the the stage at the church hall in St Mary's and Orang Road, and. Uh, sang the song and I looked out and I felt totally at ease right. with looking at the people. And it's just, it, you just is or you ain't. Some poor performers, you know, they throw up before going on stage and all that kind of stuff. So I've been blessed that I've just, I, I love people. And I think it's my mum who uh, is, was a very effervescent woman who was very, very confident. And she liked performing as well.
1: I, my mate Osher, uh, who I do a dad podcast with. You know Usher. I know Osher. Um, but he's told, he's described it like- He's a you know, great singer. He's very I public. He's very public about his, you know, he's had his mental health issues over the oh, years. Oh, Osher. Osher Ginsberg, yeah. I thought you said Usher. Not Usher. <laughs> I thought you were joking, but right. Did you generally no. hear Usher? No. Osher. Osher Ginsberg. Osher. Oh, yeah. He's got, I've read his book. Right. Great. Yeah, but he um, he often has described that You know, when he was feeling so out of control or anxious, Mm. being on stage in front of people, like thousands of people, where he's got a microphone and they have to listen to what he says is actually a way of controlling his environment. It's the one place where he didn't feel nervous or scared, was like, well, no, because now I actually have control of this crowd. You know, I can make them do what I want or listen to me or whatever it is.
0: Wow, okay. Mm. Well, he's a a good guy and he's been very open about – his issues. And um, again, that's one of the wonderful things about uh, the, the, the 2000s that we've been able to come to groups with and uh, acknowledge.
1: Uh, Hello, Highwater would like to know who oh, your Highwater. favorite voiceover artist is. Do you have a favorite? Is there someone that influenced oh, you? Oh, or... gee. Um, Don't have
0: to. Look, I, you know, you, you sort of go back and you hear people, the old actors from back in the day, um, They're great. Sa- Samuel Johnson. Oh, a yeah. bit of a favor of mine and he gets a lot of work and he, he and kind great. of
1: established the kind of modern tone he of did. the voiceover like that's yes, what he they did. all sound like now it's funny because when i recorded my demo i remember that i was sort of talking like i do sort of fast and enthusiastic and she was like i just want you to slow it down and come closer to the microphone she said you actually mm-hmm. have quite a deep voice which I mm. think is kind of better for the kind of ads you're going to be put up for. So just slow down, <laughs> speak yeah. softer. And sure enough, like that's exactly kind of what happened. It's, it's, it, it's funny. And I think that's, that Sam Johnson effect is he's just got that, just a beautiful natural tone. It doesn't sound voiceover. It sounds conversational.
0: By There was a guy called King who just recently passed away actually. And uh, he, he was a, a great voiceover guy. Did some, Matthew King, he did so much work uh, and he, he was the voice of, and he could, had such a range and I love voices that can do such a different variety of uh, of, of things, it's fantastic but probably Matthew King would be up there
1: um, This is, kind of answer this one, what's the strangest, weirdest voiceover job you've had, that's uh, the Schindler's List, this is from uh, Dan oh God, I'm going to dig it, it's happening again Dana, Dana Dana, Dana. Tissud. Dana <laughs> hey Dana, you know who you are. Or it could be, or it could be Dan a tissue Hey Dan, it? you know who you Dana are. Dana, have you ever lost your voice right before having to record or perform something important?
0: Oh my God, touch wood, wisdom wood. It's Dana, Dan, Dan. You, it's never happened. Um, I've been very lucky. I have been blessed with strong pipes, and I haven't uh, had them fail on me yet. So. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, but no, I can say.
1: Uh, Stuart Putt wants to know who is hey Stuart. Who is the Cash Cow? Who?
0: Oh, Cash Cow. Oh, a few
1: people. The
0: cash cow. I have been the Cash Cow. No. I have been the Cash Cow. I have dressed up as the Cash Cow and on camera, and I came around the back and um uh, of, of the set while we were alive we were and i actually fell off the back of the set <laughs> and i'm i'm moaning and groaning and <laughs> koshy's going the cash cow doesn't talk <laughs> i'm going it hurts <laughs> <You know. laughs> yeah so I, I, i've been the cash cows cash cows a lot of different people did it stink
1: i imagine it would stink inside that oh, suit mate did, did, are you kidding of course it did oh gross um one last question, Dixie. We've come to the end. Uh, thank yeah. you to everyone who uh, hashtagged Ask Dixie on Twitter. Yeah, and thank Instagram. you. This has been a lot of fun. But uh, I think this is a pretty good question to finish on. Um, actually, before we finish, let me just take a moment to uh, say thank you again to the TOEFOP okay. listeners out there. Uh, it's been a very trying year. Uh, Will and I have not – I think we did two episodes in the same room this year after uh, oh. constructing our own studio <laughs> and getting ready to – I, Take the I, show I to the know, when, next level. We then. I was
0: just, I just want to know one thing. Yeah. When I was, you know, setting this up, and you know, you said this is the number and all the rest of it.
1: How do Will go with the technology? I uh, he's all right. I mean, he's uh, he sort of doesn't. He knows he's got his limitations, but I think because now you keep it real simple, which is like this is you just do a Zoom call and hit record, and then we have a producer who cuts together philosophy, cuts together tofop and stuff, and so all Will has to do is hit record. And then okay. send it. So okay. it's not like overly complicated. I have a few more skills. I will be editing this episode. So this is like uh, the white album for you. Yeah, this is yeah, <laughs> that's right. No, this this is more like Let It Be. <laughs> this is just <laughs> a, just before we break up, Deechi. <laughs> I'm We're sorry, gonna...
0: I broke your I broke your sincere thanks.
1: <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's it's more than a sincere thanks. It's like we. Honestly, could not do the show without the support of everyone this year. And um, it's been trying for everybody with COVID and border closures and stuff. But the way people have actually even up their donations at patreon and you know uh, bought from our sponsors and everything that just makes that difference because the only reason we can do so many shows so often is because you guys can c- continue to support us uh so on behalf of will and i thank you so much uh, if you want to go to tofop.com to check out all our great content you can you can also sign up for our newsletter while you're at the website and if you want to support the show you can at patreon.com slash tofop now that is all the plugs out of the way? Do you plug? Uh, but just one, one last thing. Oh yeah.
0: If you'd like to advertise on ToFOP, don't forget to get in touch with us. And hey, if you want Dixie to do the uh, the voiceover, I'm here for you, baby. I'm here.
1: I mean, sure, like that. You know, some people would there call that like a a cold call, <laughs> but it's right. fine. Okay. <laughs> or if you're with, say, if Pfizer, you know, Pfizer, hey, w- willing to work for Contra. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so this is just a way for you to get either vaccinations free, or, free Viagra, or Viagra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah sure. baby. Final question, Dixie. On a scale of 1 to 10, how enjoyable has it been reading the questions for How Will Do You Know Charlie at the live shows? Oh, 12.
0: I mean, 12. I know that sound, sounds trite, but truly you have to really imagine the fact that it's like a hobby. You you you've got to start as a fan. And I'm a fan, a huge fan of Will, huge fan of Charlie. The audience are there because they want to be there. So they're ready to laugh. And to and it's just the easiest gig in the world to be able to get up there, do that shtick, and um have fun with it. But let you two boys and whoever else on stage Go and then I'm there and if I think there's a, a hole or somewhere I can help, I'll jump in. But again, like the warm up, I'm not the star. You guys are the star. I'm the whether it be the foil, whether it be the whatever, that's what it's about and that's the role I've loved entire my entire career. So
1: thank you. Oh, I love that Dixie and I beg to differ you are definitely a star you steal every show you've done um, but enough sentimentality well one more bit of sentimentality Merry Christmas Dixie Merry Christmas <laughs> everyone and uh, to, to we're you take, and the
0: little ones we're taking a little break
1: four weeks off <laughs> I we'll want my again. cravat now <laughs> <laughs> you want your cravat if you've got a cravat you want to stuff in Dixie's stocking. do that Up uh, will be back in uh, mid to late Jan taking a little four week break there's still plenty of stuff on the website and check out our Patreon bonus content there too but for now i'm charlie clausen and you are john deke speaking (laughs) how long not long everyone relax